0: many of you in the house tonight are believers? Yeah. Amen. Well, that is a good thing that we are believers, but you know, we are also as believers, we're supposed to believe and we are supposed to lead other people into the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I want to just exhort you as we're coming up on, on fall and people are going back to school. Seasons are kind of changing. It's a good time for you to start inviting people to church. Amen. Amen. Make sure you are being a light in a dark world wherever you are at. Hallelujah. Well, Pastor, last Sunday morning and then again this morning, he uh, was talking about the kingdom of God. And uh, last week he read the scripture today. He referred to it in Romans chapter 14, verse 17. I'll just quote it. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it is righteousness, peace, and joy In the Holy Ghost. Now I'm sure some of you think, ah, she's going to talk about joy. Fooled you. I'm going to talk about righteousness. Hallelujah. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it is righteousness, peace, and joy. So if I had a title tonight, my title would be, Are You Right? Are You Right? Now, I know that we have the children in here. We have the youth in here. And I know that they have these slogans and that we have as adults maybe have even adapted to. But where they will say things like, that's not right. You're not right. That's messed up. (laughs) Have anybody ever heard that or said that? You're not right. That ain't right. Or you're messed up. Did you know that without Christ, every one of us are messed up? Nobody is right without the Lord. I think people can tr- do their very best to be a good person and all of those things. But you know, we can't be good by ourselves. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. We can try and try and try to do good things and, and that's good, that's right and all of that stuff. But without the help of the Lord, we're going to mess up and we're going to miss it. Amen. I heard a story years ago about this woman that came in to see her pastor. And she was struggling with a lot of different issues and areas in her life. And he just kept saying, you can do this. You can walk the good life. You can be the, walk an overcoming life. You can live the good life. And she just got frustrated after a while. And she said, pastor, that's easy for you to say. You get paid to be good. The rest of us are good for nothing. Laughter But that's not the case. We're not good for nothing. Amen. We are all righteous in Christ Jesus. Just listen to the simple definition of righteousness. Righteousness is made just. It's right standing. Made just. Justified. Just as if I'd never sinned. That's what Jesus does for us when we come into his family, and into his kingdom. And I'm going to be sharing some real basic things here in the beginning, but just stick with it. Amen? Because I know there's a message in here for all of us. We cannot make ourselves righteous. I already said that. I want to look at a scripture in the Amplified Version over in Isaiah chapter 64, verse 6. Praise the Lord for the Word of the living God. Amen? We have different kinds of services and different emphasis. And I just feel like tonight that the Lord is anointing me to teach the word of God. So y'all are are in agreement and you're pulling amen. Going to receive some truths tonight. Isaiah 64 verse six in the Amplified says, For we have all become like one who is unclean ceremonial, like a leopard and all of our righteousness, our best deeds of rightness and justice is like filthy rags or a polluted garment. We all fade like a leaf and our iniquities like the wind take us away far from God's favor, hurrying us toward destruction. That's not a good place to be in. But that's where we are without the Lord. Sin will eat away at a person like leprosy. People that do not know the Lord and they've got these things in their life and they feel guilty about them. They feel awful about them. It eats away at their peace just like leprosy eats away. And we can't remove the stains of sin ourselves. Sin separates us from God. Is that right? You know, in the natural, there are all sorts of religions around the world. And religion really is God's, is man's search for God. It's a quest for people to get an appeasement for their guilt, for their trespasses. Most religions are actually built on a sin, consciousness, where you got to do all these works. You got to do all these Mm -hmm. deeds. You got to keep all these rules and all of these regulations. And then maybe you'll get appeasement for the horrible, awful person that you are. Most, uh, in most religions, there are even extreme measures that people will take to get this supposedly relief from their guilt, consciousness, You've heard of it. People walking on hot coals or people crawling on gravel road. I just heard a story recently about someone's mother who was bound by this religion that would just crawl on these graveled roads till her hands and her knees were bleeding just to feel like she uh, was doing something to earn Forgiveness. We don't, cannot earn forgiveness. And you know, I have nothing even against the, the Catholic religion. And there's many people that are born again in the Catholic religion and thank God for that. But even when you think about it, how the, the beautiful, where, where the Pope is, what's that called where the Pope is Vatican. in Rome? The Vatican. See, I don't know. Anyway, where the Pope is in the Vatican. I just heard this recently too. It was built centuries and centuries and centuries ago. It was built During the Inquisition and there was a Pope that came up with the idea that people needed to pay for their forgiveness. They needed to give all that they had to the church and then maybe God would forgive them. They give all that they had to the church and then maybe they would get into heaven eventually after all this time in purgatory. And that really is where the money to build the Vatican came from. A friend of mine was over there touring it and she was just in awe at the beauty of this awesome building. I've never been there, but just, you know, so gorgeous and ornate and all of these things. And then she began to be told the story and remembered how this money was acquired. And she said, it went from a place of beauty to a place of, it was sad to her that people had given their all to build this beautiful edifice, but yet they had no peace. And they had no assurance of their salvation. That's religion. Religion will take and take from people. Religion will make people do bodily harm to themselves. Thinking maybe they'll be free from this guilt. Religion will cause people to deprive their body of food. Starve to death. Seeking and hoping that maybe they're going to attain right. to a state where they can be yeah. forgiven. Now we know depriving the body of food, thank God that's not a big deal in the Christian walk, obviously. <laughs> we're not into depriving our body too much. We're not, thank God, we're into buffeting it instead of buffeting it. There could be a balance there. But anyway, thank God we don't have to earn our salvation. Amen. That's my whole first point. We don't have to earn it. Thank God. Ephesians chapter two, verse eight in the King James, very familiar with it, but it says for by grace, are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. Everybody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Salvation is a free gift of God. Hallelujah. In the amplified in that verse, it says that our salvation does not come through our own striving. We don't have to work. We don't have to strive for it. Jesus purchased our salvation. Now let's look over at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We'll look at it first of all in the King James Version. Very familiar passage of scripture. But I want all of us to capture this. 2 Corinthians 5 21 in the King James it says, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made what? Righteous. Everybody say it made what? Righteous. What is righteousness put in right standing with God? How? through Jesus Christ, not through us, but through him. And I love this verse over in Jeremiah chapter 23, verse six in the King James. It just, I'll just briefly tell you what it says. It says that his name shall be called the Lord, our righteousness a prophecy about Jesus. His name shall be called the Lord, our righteousness. That gets me excited. He is my righteousness. It's because of what he has done that we have been made right and we can walk in the light. People that do not know the Lord, people that are not walking in the light of the glorious gospel that you and I have received are stumbling around in life. They're bound by darkness. They're just going their way, their own way. And it's not a way of peace and joy and happiness. They're stumbling. They're bound by darkness. Lights. The lights aren't on. In their life, but the God, because the God of this world hath blinded their eyes there 's a scripture over in Proverbs chapter four, verse nineteen again I want to look at it in the amplified proverbs four verse nineteen in the amplified it says, "The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. the way of the wicked is like deep darkness." They do not know over what they stumble. Those that are bound by the devil. It's a pit. It's a deep, dark pit. And they are bumping into things. They're falling into the snare of the enemy. And they don't understand why am I always stumbling? Why am I always hitting this? Because they're in the dark and they can't see where they're going. If you're in the dark, you can't see what's out in front of you. Now, I know here in the city, people used to joke about, they would say to their kids, go play in the street. Well, I know none of you have ever done that. But in the country, my parents used to say to us, because we'd have all these relatives come over and all these kids and our house wasn't that big. And it could be night. And they'd say, go outside, basically, and play in the dark. So we go. (laughs) We go outside, you had the stars and you had little lightning, lightning bugs. Anybody know what those are? Little lightning bugs that would give you a little bit of light. But we would literally go outside and play hide and seek in the dark. And you know, when it's dark outside and you're running and you're trying to find a place to hide and you can't see real good, you might run into a tree. You might trip over a log. You might step in a hole. I mean, all these horrible things would happen to us because we were out there running around playing in the dark and we couldn't see where we were going. People without the Lord are in deep darkness. And they're constantly bumping into things. And they have no idea why these things are happening to them. But we are children of the light. And we shouldn't be stumbling around in the dark. Things are not going to be great in the world. Things are not currently great in the world. But we are not of this world, thank God. We walk and we live according to the beat of a different drum. Praise the Lord. For the children of God. For us that are the righteousness of God. In Christ Jesus. He's going to direct our path. He's going to cause us to stand. He's already promised that we are more than... Then conquerors through the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. He's declared that no evil shall befall us. Neither shall any plague come nigh our dwelling. He has declared for those that will walk with him, that he will meet all of our needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. He has already done the work. He is the healer of our body. I don't care what happens in medical science. Doctors don't know everything, but we are not limited to the natural. We are citizens of another kingdom. Our citizenship is in heaven. Hallelujah. And we have the rights and we have the privileges and we have the benefits of those that belong to the kingdom of God, to those that are seated together with him in heavenly places. Pastor declared it this morning for the children of the living God. Everything is going to be All right. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Now, Brother Copeland actually gave this prophecy at their convention in July in Fort Worth. And I'm going to just read a portion of it. The world, he said, is in serious trouble. Well, that's the truth. But... For the household of faith and those that will cling to my word and listen very carefully to this thing that I have demonstrated before you tonight and night after night. For those that will pray, you can praise yourself into that place where you say, ha, 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 everything is going to be all right. The world will tell you again. I will tell you again that the world is in serious trouble. Some very hard things are coming in different places around the world. Very difficult times in a lot of places. They're that way, but they're not going to get any better. They will continue to get worse and worse. It's a downhill spiral that the world cannot stop. But everybody say, but But. that's not me. me. I'm I'm in this world, but I'm not of this world. So it goes on to say, but for the household of faith, everything is going to be all right. Everything is going to be all right. Oh, yes, you'll have to make a stand. You'll have to fight the good fight of faith. But when did you not have to do it? (laughs) These are dangerous times. They're dangerous times financially. They're dangerous times in the earth because the earth is weighed under a gross weight of sin. And there are things and places and situations under the earth, in the oceans, in the heaven, things that are being rattled and shaken. And the earth is trying to break in different pieces. Well, stand on my word and it will not come nigh you. Here in the Bay Area, we ought to particularly stand on the word that I am on the foundation of the Lord Jesus Christ. My house is built on him and that foundation doesn't rock and that foundation doesn't roll. There might be an earthquake here and an earthquake there, but it's not going to destroy me and my household. I'm of the household of faith. Amen. We are not of the household of fear. And he goes on to say, feed on the word, not on the bread of sorrow, feed on the word. Look in my face, praise and worship me, praise and worship me, preach the word, praise and preach the word, praise and worship me. And everything is going to be all right. And then he went on to describe that when the Lord gave him this word, he saw in his spirit, not all right, A-L-R-I-G-H-T, but he saw in big capital letters the word all, A-L-L hyphen right, all right. God will make all things right. He'll make not everything, not only is everything going to be all right in our lives, but he will make all things right if you've been mistreated on your job, if you've been overlooked for a promotion, God will make all things right. Hallelujah. Something's been ripped off from you. Something's been stolen from you. Thank God we have a covenant with a covenant keeping God and he will make all things right. Hallelujah. Everybody say that. My God God makes all things things right. right. Hallelujah. Now, let's look at some more scriptures about being righteous. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 28. This one we want to look at in the King James Version. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 28. Are you righteous tonight? Are you right? Are you right? Well, if you are right, everything's going to be all right in your life. Hallelujah. Proverbs 12, 28. In the way of righteousness is life. If I say life. And in the pathway thereof, there is no death. God is absolute light and he is absolute life. Hallelujah. And when we receive him, that's what happens in our lives. It's God's plan that we are translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of what? Light. That we are out of the control of sin and death. And we come on over under the law of life. Hallelujah. It does not take a genius to figure out. Light's better than darkness. Life is better than death. Good is better than bad. And God has good things in store for each one of his children. He said, I'm going to give you the way of life. And there's no death. There's no doom. There's no destruction. There's no defeat in this pathway of life. Now pastor quoted this scripture this morning and I want to go ahead and read it over in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 I want to look at it in the amplified I know that we have some children in here we have some youth in here we have some young adults in here that maybe you don't know everything that God's got planned for your life we might have some adults that are still unclear about the pathway that they need to be walking for their life this is a good scripture to remember Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 in the amplified for we We are God's own handiwork, His workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which He prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the, everybody say it. What kind of life? life. What kind of life? life? The good life, which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. We are not robots and God doesn't take you, wind you up and say, you got to go here. You got to do this. You got to live here. You got to work there. God gave human beings a free will. So we have a chooser. We can choose whether we're going to serve the Lord. Once we get born again, we can choose whether we're going to walk in his commandments or not. It's our choice. But he is saying to you, you are, every one of you are valuable and precious. Every one of you are my handiwork. Every one of you are created in my likeness and image. Every one of you are special and valuable to me. And i love you so much that every human being born on this earth god's got a good life planned for them and he has divine appointments he has things that he has prearranged and if we will hook up with him and we will walk in his ways you know what happens we intersect those things they just come run. If we walk in the right path, those things that God has already arranged and set up, we'll just step into them. No stress, no struggle, no strain. We'll step into them because we're on the right path. And in this pathway, there is life. Hallelujah. Now God's got wonderful things in store for all of us. And let's we're in Pro, Go back to Proverbs. Proverbs four verse eighteen in the amplified. And I realize when we first get born again, we may not have that much light. We don't when you first get born again, you don't know what you're going to be doing ten years from then. When you first get born again, you don't see everything that God has in store for you. But you take the first step. You take the step of stepping in to the kingdom of God. And then you continue to walk with him step by step. And I just got to say this in tongues. Hallelujah. I'm excited. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 18. We'll look at this first. In the Amplified, but the path of the uncomfortably just and righteous is like the light of dawn that shines more and more brighter and clearer. That's what jumped off of the pages at me today. Brighter and clearer until it reaches its full strength and glory in the perfect day to be prepared brighter and clearer. You may be young. You might be a teenager. You may be in college and you don't know what all God's got planned for your life. But he has said, go to school. If you are in high school, stay in school. God's not going to lead you to drop out. I can just tell you that right now. Get an education. So he's got you on this path. But he's got great things in store for us. But we have to stay walking in his ways To intercept them. Now I know that Pastor Nancy totally specializes in illustrated sermons. And I know that we have some, we have some young people in here tonight and old people as well. And I got an illustrated sermon today. You want to see it? All right. Pastor Mark is going to be God. Come here. Come here, God. Yes, you have to come up here. (laughs) And let me say, you will be divine appointment. Come here. Get some guys in here. Come here, Sean. You will be glorious connection. Come here, Sabrina. You will be godly mate. (laughs) Now come here. You move out of the way, God, just for a second. (laughs) Divine appointment, go up there on that first step. Glorious connection, go up there. And godly mate, you go up there on the top. So God's got these things planned for us. And this scripture said that as we walk with him, our path gets brighter and clearer. So I know God doesn't have a girly flashlight, but (laughs) here, God, come over here. Why don't you be God? <laughs> Why don't I be God? Yeah. We get born again. Yes. God has this flashlight <laughs> that he is enlightening our path with. <laughs> Do you all see it? Oh, this isn't funny. You see it? Yes. Do we want somebody else to be God? Nancy, <laughs> <laughs> you be God. Can you be God. Okay. No. Okay. All right. I don't get it. But. He doesn't get it yet. Okay. So we get born again. God is enlightening our path when we get born again. We're oh. going along. Oh, He's got I get the it. light that lightens our path. He's got these prearranged things for us. And God is saying, right there, come with me up this way. But you know what happens to us? We get distracted. Ooh, I see that thing over there. That looks pretty good. Ooh, I, and we let go. God stays there. Oh. We let go and we start going our own way. But God's saying, come with me to your divine appointment. Step ah. up there. Your glorious connection. Your godly name. This is lame. <laughs> <Do> you, <laughs> it's not that lame. Why don't you just preach it? Well, because we got kids in here. <laughs> now, do you all see it? <laughs> <laughs> what? Kimberly liked it. See you see it that God is saying, "Walk with me, I've got the light that is shining up on your path. I've got divine appointments and glorious connections. We're walking along with God. He's got the light and he's going this way, but we decide to go this way. And what happens when we decide to do our own thing? Godly make glorious connection and divine appointment, you may be seated, but we miss these things. And then we say, <laughs> Then we begin to say, God. Where are you? Yeah, come on. God, where is the light? God, I can't see where I'm going. God, why doesn't anything supernatural ever happen to me? God, why don't I ever get a divine appointment? God, why don't I ever get a glorious connection that hooks me up to a promotion in my career? God, what's going on here? Don't you love me? I'm not supernaturally blessed. But you know what the problem is? God's got the light. And he's wanting us to go this way. To those things he's prearranged. He's got the light. But if we go our own way. Not only are we walking in darkness. But we miss what he has prearranged for us. And it's not that we're not born again. It's not that we're not going to go to heaven. But we miss out on God's best so many times. Because we refuse to walk in the light. Instead, we're stumbling around in the dark. God doesn't want us stumbling around in the dark. He wants us to stay in sync with his plan. He wants us to choose the right direction to stay hooked up with him. If we're in constant struggles, if our life is just dull and dry and boring and we're saying nothing exciting ever happens to me, nothing supernatural ever shows up into my life, maybe we need to check up and see. Are we walking in the light? Are we pleasing the Lord? Are we obeying Him? Are we following after peace? If God is going one direction with the light. And we willingly or sometimes just out of ignorance turn around and start going the other direction. You know what immediately should be disturbed and it will be disturbed is your peace. Something won't feel right. You'll feel like, ah, something's wrong here. Yes, something is wrong here. And it ain't right. And it's you. It's not God. God's always right. So we need to get hooked back up with Him. If you know that you're off of the path that He has prepared for your life, repent, change, turn around, and make a decision to get back into the light. Now, there's a wonderful scripture over in Psalms, chapter 18, verse 28. I hope that sticks with you. Next time, I'll use a different God. He wasn't very cooperative. But (laughs) But other than that, you got the point, right? God loves me. He wouldn't say my illustrated sermon was lame. Psalms 18 verse 28. In the King James it says. For thou wilt light my candle. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. He will enlighten my darkness. In the Amplified it says God will illuminate my darkness. The word illuminate means to brighten or to supply with light. To brighten. Praise God. That's a good thought right there. It'd be good if we could be brighter. Hallelujah. And he said he would do that. Illuminate means to provide with understanding. See, the enemy tries to tell you there's no way out of this situation. You're fenced in. It's too big. It's too difficult. But God says, I will show you the way out. I will illuminate your path. I will provide you with understanding. I will give you my wisdom and insight so that you may see the way that you should go. God says, I will illuminate your path. I will show shine light on your way and give you understanding. And you know what happens when he does that? Well, the answer is found in the rest of these verses here in verse 29 of, of Psalms 18. When he says, I'm going to illuminate your darkness. Then he says, for by you, I can run through a troop and by God, I can leap over a wall. So when it seems like you're blocked in and you're fenced in, God will show you a way out. Hallelujah. He will cause you to be able to leap over that fence, leap over that wall, that trap that the enemy has set up. Amen. Now look on down here. I love this in verse uh, 31. Actually, verse 30, as for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is sure and tried. He is a shield to all those who take refuge and put their trust in him. For who is God except the Lord? Or who is the rock save our God? The God who guards me with strength and makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like hinds feet. Able to stand firmly or make progress on the dangerous heights of testing and trouble. He sets me securely upon my high places. That's what happens when God brings enlightenment into our darkness. And every one of us have areas in our life that are dark. Every one of us have areas that we need the floodlight of the Holy ghost to shine in our heart. We have areas of growth. We have areas of challenges that if we say, dear God, I don't want to be in the dark in this area. I don't want to read darkness. I want to walk in the light because that's where the is that's where the provision is and so we invite him and we say oh Holy Spirit enlighten my darkness show me what I don't see reveal to me the truth let me know what I need where I need to change and we have to invite him into those areas oh Holy Spirit reveal to me if I've gotten off of track reveal to me if i have gone one direction and the Lord wants me to go another direction because I I don't want to miss those divine appointments. I don't want to miss those things that you pre arranged for me. So show me by your spirit where I need to make adjustments and he will do it. Hallelujah. It says there in verse 31 too that he will cause us to stand firmly and to make progress. You want to make progress in your Christian life. You want to stand firmly. And he says he will cause us glory to God. He will set me securely upon my high places. God doesn't have any low plans for anybody. God is not a low God. He's the most high God. God is not a low rider. He's high and lifted up. Glory be to God. And he wants us to come on up and to take our place in him. He's got great things in store for us. High things, awesome things. And he wants to enlighten our way. So we step into him. Hallelujah. Let's all stand to our feet. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To get to those high places that I have prepared for you, you have to do it my way. Yeah, you can't be stubborn. You can't say, I'll do it my way. No, you have to do it my way. And when I'm a sobretta, my way in the beginning may seem more difficult. My way in the beginning may not seem as scenic as some of the other routes that you want to take in your life. But if you want to get to the destination of the high place that I have prepared for you. Then you must hook up and do it my way. And and to arrive... At that destination, you have to stay on the right road. You can't be distracted. You can't be deterred. If you wanted to go to L.A., I can guarantee you, if you get on I-5 North, you'll never get there. There's places that some of you have said, oh, I'd like that. I'd like to go there. I'd like to walk in that place. In the realm of the spirit. Just liking to go to LA. Will never get you there. You got to either get on a jet. Or get on I-5 south. And head straight south. You got to get on the right road. You got to get in the right mode of transportation. You've got to make the effort. Hallelujah. And God does have some places for all of us. To go. Some destinations. That he wants us to arrive at. But we have to take the step of getting on the right road. Hallelujah. The first step is to be born again. Everybody bow your heads for a moment. If you're in here tonight.